Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Welcome in another edition of Green and Growing, another beautiful podcast. Uh, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer here, 1250 AM. The fan follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Nathan Marzion, he's over there at Nathan Marzion. You can follow him uh, there at Nathan Marzion, like I just said. Uh, we got to get into uh, talking about uh, box Kings. Uh, from Sunday night as we record this here uh, early Monday evening on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page where you can find all these fine, fine YouTube videos of the podcasts we do. You can also download us on the Odyssey app where you download your favorite podcasts at. Uh, and normally these things post Tuesday and Friday mornings uh, during the course of the week. Uh, so I went to the game, took my 16-year-old who uh, about to be 17 next weekend for his birthday, got tickets, uh, bought tickets, weren't cheap, but we got tickets on the lower bowl. Uh, and we went. And of course, he's wearing his Kings jersey because he's a big Kings fan. That's why he wanted to go. So I'm stuck with him. And uh, we go to the game. Now, mind you, the game was at six o'clock, Marzian. The Packer game started at 3.30, Marzian. Now, wouldn't you think that if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, you would move the game time one way or the other? Either you move it to earlier in the afternoon or you push it back one hour to say seven o'clock to give everybody a chance to actually see more of the game before they head in. But they decide not to change the game time. So I'm figuring that, well, okay, they're not moving the game time. Clearly, they'll have the Packer game on some of the TVs and the concourses when I get there. No, no, mm -mm, mm -mm, no, no Packer games on any of the TVs. Might be one of the single dumbest things I've seen the Bucks do in the last oh, five years or so easily. I really thought that they would be on the TVs. Nothing. So now I'm not happy at all. But it's the kid's birthday present, right? So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll deal with it. So I get my phone out. I'm like, okay, I got NFL Plus, Nathan. I got this. NFL Plus, baby. I got the, the NFL Plus thing I paid for. Boom, go. Froze. Exit out. Started back up. Plays for three, four seconds. Freezes again. I'm like, come on, man. So finally, the 16-year-old's phone, he got it to go. So I was able to watch it a little bit there. Pretty cool. They flash the score up at one point in the first half. The whole play starts chanting, go, Pat, go, go, Pat, go. I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. Then when they flash the final score up at the end of the game, same thing. Whole stadium goes crazy, screaming and yelling. And they do the whole go, Pat, go, go, Pat, go. But we wouldn't want to show the Packer game on the TVs there because clearly there were no Packer fans in the stadium that would actually want to watch it. Uh, so either way, so the Bucks game uh, gets going. There were more Kings fans than I thought I would come across at this game. Like there was like a whole section of Kings fans 
like in the lower bowl, like up on the top of the lower bowl behind us that I was really surprised by. And they were scattered through all throughout. So I've been to, this is my, my third game this year. You've been to more games than me. Does it feel to you like there's more visiting fans coming now than before? Does it feel like it's about the same, less? What would you say in your history of a Bucks fan going to games and having visiting fans being there? Um, to me, it hasn't been anything very different. I think it's been about the same. I mean, Boston had a decent amount of fans, but um, that seems normal. I feel like they have a pretty large fan base. And yep. I mean, I don't know. They weren't noticeable because they didn't have anything to cheer about in that game. But I just... I I haven't noticed I haven't noticed anything out of the ordinary with it. Like it seems seems like there's always going to be some visiting fans, of course. Um I've been surprised at with the, the couple of road games I've been to the last two years, how many Bucks fans there have been, because it's just something that I don't think was ever the case prior to, you know, 2018 when this team became really good and Giannis became a superstar. I don't think there was anybody going to, you know, not that many Bucks fans going to a game in Cleveland or whatever. But you there were bandwagon now. fans, though. Now you have bandwagon fans in Cleveland that are Bucks fans now because Giannis yeah. is the man, and so now they're yeah. a Bucks fan. When Giannis, no, leaves, I know you won't see them anymore at those games. I promise. Yeah, no, I I am very interested to see how how that all changes. Even just the the fan base in Milwaukee once Giannis is gone, because you know even if the team is good, I feel like just Giannis alone makes so many people a fan. And I think there's so many kids and there's so many um, just people in general that are just like, well, I just like Giannis, you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be a Bucks fan. But it's like. I'm very interested to see what happens when he's not there. Cause again, I mean, we're my buddies and I, I'm sure will go to some road games, you know, throughout our lives. Like I'm sure they'll be, we'll be going to road games for a while. And so to see, you know, how, how it changes and um, you know, there was a possibility that in, you know, seven, 10 years, we're back to being, you know, there, there's no Bucks fans at these road games compared to right now where you go there and it's like, all right, honestly, like I feel like one fifth of these people are Bucks fans. Um, so it's been it's been interesting, but I don't think anything at, at Fiserv has changed too much. I'll say this much. When Giannis is gone, I believe this ownership will be gone as well. I, I think they also will sell, get out. Bye-bye. See you later. Um, and they'll be on their way out of town. And I'm also concerned that that Deer District will be a complete ghost town um, once Giannis is out of town, because I think attendance will drop dramatically at that point um, as they try. Now, again, unless it becomes a Packer situation, right? I mean, if it's a Packers situation and somewhere in one of these first round picks, they they stumble across a superstar, you know, with one of their picks. OK, well, that's obviously different. Right. I mean, you go from Favre to Rogers to love. OK, so if you go from Giannis to next superstar, next MVP type player to be, you know, one of the faces of the league, if you get that type of luck like the Packers, then I think the owners stay. Everything is the, the, the same. I can't imagine these dudes from New York are staying here. Uh, if this team decides, hey, I go through some long rebuild here, knowing they're not going to sign a free agent to come here and play uh, at a high level, knowing they're going to have to get lucky and do it through the draft yet again in order to get there. Like I, I would I would be absolutely stunned if they were still the owner of this team, say, 10 years after Giannis left. I'd be absolutely shocked. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't think that I kind of think it all kind of fall apart at the same time. And, um, you know, I don't think that that time is anywhere very close right now, but you just think that at some point Giannis is gone. The whole thing changes a bit. They're going to have to try to bridge the gap between Giannis and the next generation, but you don't know how that's going to work. You don't know if it will work. You don't know if it's going to happen. So um, if there is a rebuild, if it is, you know, okay, we're losing Giannis and this clearly is going to be a, a bad team all of a sudden, then yeah, I could see the the owners changing and I could just see the whole, the whole process kind of restarting a little bit. And all of a sudden you got to work your way back up. 
we need to get you a girl before that happens. I'm just telling you because otherwise you no, will, that's, that's you will be when, in a state yeah, when, you will be in a state of depression after this after this all goes down. Because if they're winning like 15, 16 games again every year, you are just gonna be one depressed dude, man. Like that, that is that's what that would be my sign to settle down and be like, oh, right, it is it's okay. It's time. You know, once once the Bucks are no longer contenders, no longer like Giannis is gone, and it's just like. All right, we're starting it over. That's when it's like it's time to settle down a little bit. It's time to, you know, I'd still, I'm still gonna be a diehard Bucks fan, but it's like, all right, you know, maybe it's time to not make this my entire life. You know, maybe I should focus on some other things for a little bit. Marzia has got life in perspective. He knows how this is gonna work. He's got a plan in his life. He's got goals. It's a, it. The timeline kind of works out. You know, I'm enjoying these great moments while I'm in my early twenties, and it's nice. And I feel like once I hit like around 30 is when it'll start to be like, okay, you know, they're, they're, now it's time to move on. It's time to, and I, I'm not saying move on as in don't be a Bucks fan anymore. I'm saying as in this might not be my 100% primary focus all the time. Um, like it is right now. So we'll see. Around 30 is also the age when weight doesn't fall off you as nearly as easily as it does in your twenties. That's also when you'll start to notice that process kick in too with your metabolism. Anywho, uh, let, let's uh, talk about this Bucks Kings game, uh, Sunday night, a little bit more in depth. So we're at the King at the Bucks game. And, you know, Giannis, which we'll get to in a little bit here at the free throw line multiple times late in this game uh, and misses the second free throw at the end. Fox gets it, runs down, hits a shot. My 16 year old's up yelling and screaming and carrying on. Everybody around us is looking at him like, oh, Lord. And he's been talking the whole game, mind you. Like he's been chirping the whole game about his Kings. So now they get a six point lead in overtime. And there's a like I said, there was like a group of Kings fans above us, like, I don't know, several rows behind us. And they start chanting, light the beam, light the beam, light the beam. So my idiot kid, he stands up. Yeah, yeah, light the beam, light the beam. I'm like, man, shut up, sit down. So he sits down. And man, when Damian Lillard hit that three, dude, oh my goodness. Everybody around us was all looking at him like, you are going to hear it now, man. And he was like, I give him credit. I didn't tell him to do any of this, but it got all done. He took it. Then he turned around to these two guys that were sitting behind us and shook their hands and said, hey, man, good game, man. That was a lot of fun. A good game, whatever. And he was cool, whatever. Uh, And it was supposed to be his birthday present. So he's still never seen the Kings win a game. Still has not happened. He's not seen him beat the Bucks. We go down to Chicago to watch him play the Bulls. He has not seen them beat the Bulls even at this point. Um, and it's games that we've got tickets for. So still winless. But damn. I mean, when he Fox was at the line, he goes, you better make both these because you know darn right well Lillard is going to come down here and shoot it from God knows where and probably hit this shot. And when he missed that second one, <laughs> he goes, yeah, we're screwed. And now comes Lillard on the pass from Brooke. He raises up, hits that shot, and his head just dropped. Like, come on. But that is something. You don't do that with Middleton, Right. You're, I I love Drew Holiday, but you ain't doing that with Drew, and you surely aren't doing that with Giannis. If Lillard's not on this team, they lose that game probably. Yeah, and that's been the story of quite a few games this year where, no, it hasn't been super pretty. It hasn't been great. But at the end of the game, you're like, man, like Dame just makes the plays. Dame is, you know, he's clutch. He, he just – and even when he's not the one making the play, it's like he opens it up so much for others that you're just like – his presence is such a difference maker late in these games where people, you know, they had to pick him up from 30 feet out and all of a sudden Giannis has room and all of a sudden they collapse even more on Giannis and then boom, you have someone else that's wide open. And it's just, um, you know, I thought two of the late possessions where I think they were both in overtime where the Bucks didn't score on them, but they got really good looks from Beasley and one from Connaughton where I was like, 
you know, I'm not going to complain about those possessions because they ended up with wide open corner threes. They didn't go in, but it was like, man, this this offense in the clutch, you know, it, it works. You know, it just going to these these two guys, and that was without even having Chris, which adds a whole nother element to the you know having the mid range game and that pull up shooting. But um, yeah, Dame just is he's the man in these moments. He's the he's the guy that um, instills fear in the opponent. You know, in in these situations, unlike. You know, again, I mean, not not that Chris is not a clutch player or Giannis is not a clutch player, but they're just aren't the same type of player right. that Dame is in these moments. It's like you give Dame the ball and it's just like you feel like any shot that goes up is going in. Um, so it's awesome to have that guy on our team. And you know, again, when I, that I think, ball got in when that ball got inbounded. Did you go? It's over. Did, what kind of confidence did you have? Name out of that ball and whether it's racing down the court, were you thinking it's over or I was I was just thinking don't pass it. Like I was like, don't pass oh, oh, up yeah. a game. You know, I didn't want him to like, you know, okay, I'm going to give it to Giannis or give it to someone and they go up for a two. And it's like, no, 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 just Dame, like make the decision, go up confidently, boom. And it was awesome to see him it go in. Like I was going crazy. Um, and, you know, especially because it, it was funny, like he was, he struggled a little bit at the start of the, like overtime in the, in the clutch yep. period where, you know, he, he had that, um, he missed a shot and then he had the, uh, the turnover, you know, that where, I think it was Fox picked his pocket and all of a sudden he dunks, they're down six. And it was kind of like, damn, you know, maybe it's just not Dame time tonight. And all of a sudden, you know, right out of that, out of that timeout, he hits a three and then it's like, okay. And then he get fouled on the three, made the three, three free throws and then hits the game winner. So um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just awesome to see him kind of turn it on there and, and show us, you know, again, what he's, what he's capable of doing in those moments, something that Blazers fans are very used to, but it's like, unless you, unless you watch a guy consistently, and watch a team consistently like you don't always see that stuff like you know okay yeah dame's clutch but it's like to see it actually on your team in real life like happening um you know it, it's awesome to see and it, again it just gives you a whole different confidence in this team when they're late in a close game that you have that guy and it's like if he doesn't come through you live with it because it's like that's the guy you want taking the shot out of almost any player in the league you know in a clutch moment him taking the three like if it doesn't go in you live with it you're not gonna it, it at that point, it's just like whatever. Um, whereas when you had Drew, when you had um, and, and didn't have a guy like Dame, it's like you're not all you know. When Drew's missing threes late, it feel you know it just you're not you're not like happy with that shot. You're not happy with oh I'm fine just living with Drew Holiday taking threes. It's like no, but that's the way it is with Dame, where you're 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 pretty comfortable in that position no matter what, and you're gonna hope it goes in. And most of the time, it is. Take a quick time. I'll come back. I'll talk about some other things that stand out in that game. Pat Connaughton being on the floor. Uh, in those moments, got to talk about that. Uh, and, and we got to talk about Mike Brown just absolutely losing his crap uh, uh, during that basketball game, too. That's coming up next here on Green and Growing. Download on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast ad, check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Like, subscribe, follow, ring that bell for notifications, too. Back after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 for 1250 AM, The Fan. Check out the interviews I do throughout the week at 1250amthefan.com. On Twitter at Sparky Radio, he is our guy, Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. Talking about game time against the Kings on Sunday night. A huge shot down the stretch. A couple of huge shots down the stretch, but obviously uh, the game winner. Other things to talk about uh, in that game. Pat Connaughton being on the floor uh, late in that game. Now, I know, right? I know. Marcus Johnson and uh, in, in Byington. Oh, Connie's corner or whatever the heck they call it uh, when he hits those corner threes. And it's fun. It's cute. Okay. Ha ha. That's, that's a good one. Uh, but realistically, dude, and again, I've not been on your side for a majority of the year on this whole, oh, we got to have a wing. We got to have a wing. I got, if it gets him off the floor, I'm open. I'm open to suggestions at this point. If that gets that dude off the floor. Now, again, he's probably not on the floor if Middleton is on the floor. So we have to remember that Middleton was off. So maybe he's not out there if Middleton is playing. But, man, I every time he caught that ball, I was like, nope, ain't happening. And everybody gets up because, again, Jonathan is a huge Bucks fan favor. He is. Regardless of if I like him or if Nathan likes him or whatever, people love this dude in this city. They love Pat Connaughton. So anytime he gets up to rise and shoot, you think it's Curry taking a damn shot the way everybody stands up expecting Connaughton to hit, knock down a shot. I'm not one of them. I'm just sitting there going, oh boy. that That's kind of my reaction. Uh, your th- I mean, I know you like Connaughton more than I do, and you think I'm hard on him, obviously. Uh, but your thoughts on Connaughton being out there late in that game? I, I get it. I mean, and, and I, I understand he hasn't been great this year. He hasn't given you much. Um, I will say... And, and well, let me start off and just say, yeah, that game specifically, it makes more sense because you don't have Chris. So obviously someone has to take that spot and Crowder's out. So then, you know, I mean, you know, that takes like when, when Crowder's in, when Chris is in, Connaughton would not be in, in that spot. Connaughton would not be getting the same minutes he was getting. Plus Andre Jackson was in foul trouble. So he, who started the game had to kind of come out. So all of a sudden you're down to like, I don't know, seven guys that you're really comfortable playing. Like it was either Connaughton or Bobby and you know, I, I don't know if they were comfortable having Bobby out there at that point. So, um, you know, they went with Pat. So I don't mind it in that game. You know, now if, if Chris was playing and they're still playing Pat at the two late or something, then I'd be like, what are we doing here? You know, why is he still getting those minutes? But in that specific game, I understand it. Um, and as I said, I know he hasn't given us a ton. Like, I know he's just kind of out there a lot of the times. But I will say, I mean, he gets a lot of flack. The guy is shooting 39% from three since November, mid-November. So it's not like he has, you know, oh my God, he's been awful shooting. He can't hit anything. Like he still makes his threes at a decent rate. You know, I think in a game like that, where you're down a couple guys, just having a guy that you're like, I'm just going to plant you in the corner. And if you're open, take a three. And he's a near 40% three-point shooter. I'm fine with it in that situation. Like, I'm just like, whatever, you know, obviously it's not your preferred guy out there. But again, when you're shorthanded, like they were, and you don't have two two guys that probably would be playing over him in that situation. I don't mind it. I also think it's interesting that Marjan once again got no minutes. Um, but two AJ games in Green, a row. but AJ Green did, who wasn't hitting his shot either. Yeah, one yeah. I think on the night. Yeah, and and um, so I don't. I mean, I yeah. I mean, AJ Green, as we've said, is kind of a throw him in there if he's hot, keep him in. If he's not, you kind of got to get him out of there type of player. And I think you could do the same with Pat. Like at this point, I think they're kind of interchangeable where I don't think, yeah, I don't think Pat's good enough that you're like, 
no, just leave him out there and give him set minutes all the time. I think he's more of a, and that's why I have no problem trading Pat if they can trade him. Cause I think you can get the same thing from AJ green that you're getting from Pat as just a shooter that if you're, if you need some shooting or if you're just like, okay, then throw him in there for five ish minutes and see if he's hot or not. Um, and then maybe you can put him back in later or else if he's not hot, just kind of keep him on the bench. But yeah, I thought it was interesting. Marjan didn't play again. Cause he didn't play in that game against golden state. And um, you know, you didn't know, okay, is that just because they're saving him? Cause it's a back to back. They might, you know, want him when they rest Chris tomorrow or whatever, or is this actually like them moving away from him? And, you know, in a game with no Chris, no Jay, the, the main guys are all playing their second night in a row. So they, they're a little bit tired. Andre Jackson's in foul trouble and Marjan still did not see the court. Um, so I think that is pretty telling as far as how they're feeling about him right now. Cause I think if he had any, if they had any type of real confidence in him, they would have played him, you know, at least some in these two games. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that works. I'm interested to see if, if a trade comes or what, because, um, and I, I'm not saying I disagree with them not playing him. I don't, I haven't seen anything that makes me go, Oh, he needs to be playing. And they see him in practice every day. They see, you know, they see these guys more than we do. So I'm going to trust their opinion on it, but um, just interesting to see. Like I, I was more, I was more, um, I noticed that more than I did Pat being out there. Cause again, I kind of just chalk Pat being out there to just, well, there's no Chris and no Jay. You're going to have to put someone in that spot. And they just chose Pat that night. And Andre Jackson worthless. I mean, and again, those, those are what happens on nights where he gets in foul trouble. And then it's, it's just hackathon all night with that dude. He can't yeah, he, control himself. He, I mean, yeah, he's again, I like him more than Marjan still, because I think usually, or at least sometimes like he can have some really good games, Andre Jackson. Yeah. Like he, he was awesome the night before he was great yep. against the Warriors. He had offensive rebounds. He was energy. I think he played, you know, like 20 something minutes and he, he looked really good out there and it was like, okay, like he's a little bit of a game changer tonight. And then, you know, again, and then I'll have the games where he's just over aggressive foul trouble. And, you know, all of a sudden he can't really play. Um, but this kind of shows why I never wanted to, to, you know, people earlier in the season were kind of, you know, like, let's, let's trust that these rookies can be, or these young guys, Marjan's not a rookie, but let's trust that these young guys, Marjan and Ajax can kind of, you know, develop and be those wing stoppers we need come playoff time. And it's like, you can't trust either of these guys for a playoff series. You know, Andre Jackson, you can put him in, you can give him minutes, but there, there's going to be games like this where all of a sudden you're like, no, this guy cannot play tonight. Like he's just, he picks up two fouls in a minute and you're like, no, get like, he's got to get back on the bench. Um, he'll have games where he looks good, but I, I'm, it's not someone that I'm willing to trust game in game out in a playoff series because he hasn't shown it to us game in game out. And same with Marjan, there's really no part of his game that has been consistent all season. So, and, and again, they're just kind of moving away from him at this point. So I don't trust either of those guys to be the answer and be someone that, I want to really be relying on come playoff time. I'd rather have them as a last resort type of option than someone you're like, no, we like Andre Jackson's, you know, getting 15 minutes a game in the playoffs. Like I'm not comfortable with that. So um, that's why, I mean, again, it kind of reinforces my belief that you've got to make a trade either Pat or Bobby Marjan to get a new defender in here that you can rely on. And then you're not, um, you know, you don't need Andre Jackson in there every game. It's more of a guy you can have as a, little bit of a luxury or a little bit of a, a last resort type of defender if you really need it um, or if an injury happens or something. But I, I'm just not, I'm not at all on board with like sticking it out with these young guys as the, as the answer for these defensive problems. 
He's Nathan Marzi on C Spark. If I were to take another quick time, I'll come back. I do want to get into that Mike Brown thing, but I also uh, first want to get to Giannis being on the floor late in that game because I was irritated being at the game last night, Pfizer form with him out there. Um, and then him, them passing him the ball uh, on top of everything else and passing him the ball really made me irritated, sending him to the line. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up next. It is green and growing on your Odyssey. Wherever you download your favorite Odyssey, wherever you download your favorite podcast at Odyssey Sports YouTube page. You can check us out there. We stream this bad boy live when we record on uh, Mondays and Thursdays. Post it on Tuesday and Friday mornings. Like, subscribe, follow, hit that bell for notifications, all that fun stuff. Back after this. Hey, C Sparky Fiverr, 12.50 a.m. The Fan, broadcasting live from beautiful, cold, very, very cold uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Follow Nathan Marzian at Nathan Marzian. Talking about the Bucks uh, taking care of the Sacramento Kings on Sunday. Dame time, baby. He takes over late in overtime, including hitting a buzzer beater to send the Sacramento Kings home uh, quietly uh, as the Bucks get another victory. Uh, and Giannis was on the floor late in that game in regulation. And the first time he went to the free throw line, he was on the opposite side of the floor from where they were inbounding it all by himself. Uh, because obviously nobody on the Kings thought they were going to be dumb enough to throw him the ball. So they were all just kind of, all right, we're going to guard who's in front of us and he can sit out down there. Cause obviously they're not going to throw him the ball and they don't want him to have the ball, which would have been the smart plan. I, I agree. That's what I was thinking. Um, and instead they throw him the ball. Then he holds the ball. Oh, come follow me. I'm good. Okay. So to the line he goes, and I'm telling you, I know he made the first two. And you're going to say, well, see, Spark, he made the first two. What are you mad about? That's not the point. The point is I don't want him in that situation. I don't want him at the line to be in that damn situation. I don't. And I understand, right, that he's the MVP type player and he's the face of the team. And you're not going to tell Kobe Bryant to sit down. at a No, but you know what? You tell Shaq to get his big fat butt off the court because you don't want him shooting free throws in situations like that. Or Montumbo or some of these other big dudes. Yeah. Look, it's no different. Is he shooting for no? It is different. Hey, 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 no, hold on, not. hold on. No, it's it is not. different. And it's not Jack, different. Look, Giannis, Giannis, this season, and, and yeah, I look. I'm I know not he's shooting better. I know. Eighty-five percent on clutch free throws this season. That is not no. Shaq. Okay. No, you're right. You can say you, you can say you're not. You don't love him being at the line. I don't love it either. I'm not like, oh yes, Giannis got the ball. He's going to the line. No, but it's not Shaq. He's he's been a clutch free throw shooter this year. I, he's out there. To me, and I, and I have no problem with it because he is the safety blanket. Because you, number one, the they safety do guard blanket him. is somebody that you believe in will go and hit shots. That's no, the safety, safety blanket. blanket. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about safety blanket as in being able to inbound the ball if nothing is there. Okay, we can always either Giannis will be oh, open because right. they're not going to defend course. him, or or if someone even is defending Giannis and you can't find anyone, you can lob it up in his direction. He can usually get the ball over someone. Sure. Whereas sure. who else are you going to put out there that? You can put out a bunch of guards, but if they can't get open, you might not be able to inbound the ball. And I would rather inbound the ball to Giannis than not inbound the ball at all. So, and now I do, there's two things. Number one, I agree. I'd rather see him when he gets the ball looking to get rid of it before they can follow him if he has time. You know, I'd rather, I don't want him holding the ball, like, come follow me. I'd rather it be, okay, let me, let me try to get it to someone else. Now, if they're all, if they're covered, then yes, hold the ball. Um, at the same time, when, Giannis did that last season. I see people, I feel like people complain about it both ways because people complain that he holds the ball to go to the line. But last season in game five, their final game against the heat, he gets the ball with six seconds left on a, on a jump ball. And they're, you know, the heater trying to foul. And he immediately tries to get it to Chris, which was a good play. Cause he, he saw Chris was open threw it to Chris, but right as he threw it to Chris, Chris kind of 
went the opposite direction. All of a sudden, the ball kind of almost gets yeah. lost. And people people clowned Giannis for saying he doesn't want to shoot free throws. And I'm like, well, he shouldn't be the one that's trying to shoot free throws in these scenarios because he's not as good of a free throw shooter. Um, so to me, if you're going to – and I'm not saying you do this, but the people that are going to complain about Giannis holding the ball and going to the line can't be the same people that are making fun of him for trying to look for Chris or getting the ball out of his hands no. you know, quickly. I'm just saying – I'm just saying I don't want him on the floor, period. In that situation where you're but, up. But then who, and, who do you the, have on the, the floor? jump ball situation, it's a close game. Okay, well, obviously he has to be on the floor, you know, if it's close. But in this situation where you're up, you know they're going to foul. He doesn't have to be out there because they're going to foul somebody. They're not going to run an offensive set. They're not going to run an offensive play. They don't but need him out there. But wouldn't you rather have you, you, wouldn't you rather have a situation where you're like, I know worst case scenario I can lob it up to Giannis or give it to Giannis who's open rather than saying, I mean, who are you going to put in his position that you're comfortable, like they'll get open and get the ball? My, the other thing I was going to say about this, like number one, I want Giannis, if he gets the ball and has time to try to give it up, yes. Number two, I do wish they had a better play to get Dame the ball because it seems like, you know, they, they have like something they kind of do, but it, it usually is able to just kind of get sniffed out right away. They just cover Dame and they're not really, they don't really get him open. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, nobody's open. All right, just throw it to Giannis because it's you know again throwing to Giannis is better than having a five second violation or throwing the ball away. Um, and the other so, team's not going to guard Giannis; they want you to yeah. throw the ball to Giannis. Yeah, and, and so I mean, again, I to me, I don't have a problem with it because it's the it's the safety blanket being able to throw the ball in at you know worst case scenario we have the ball in one of our guys' hands and he's going to the line um, rather than not knowing where where the ball is going to end up going. To me, that's the that's that's the thing. Whereas if they didn't have Giannis out there. I don't know who they'd end up throwing the ball to. Like I, if nobody's getting open, I don't know. Like, I just don't know who you're putting in Giannis's spot that you're like, Oh, okay. That guy will be able to get open. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily worry about it th- to that, that degree of, I don't think somebody can get open. Other teams don't have Giannis. They find ways to get guys open and get them the basketball you've got. Now again, last night they didn't have Middleton out there. Fine, but you still have Middleton and Lillard that are both all-star type players. Hopefully one of them can get open. And if you don't get one of those two, you certainly can have three other players out there that you feel more comfortable about getting the ball and getting to the free throw line. Uh, than you do with Giannis at this point. And again, he deserves credit. He's shooting better this year than he has in the past. No question. I'm just saying in a situation like they were in against the Kings at the end of regulation, that to me, I was just like, what are we doing? And I get it. Like he's a wide open, throw him the ball. I understand. Uh, but I, I just, to me, I wouldn't have had him out there. Okay, go ahead. And, and I would say, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm trying to get him the ball by any means. Like again, for me, I'm fine with it as long as you're trying to get it to someone else first. You're looking for Dame. You're looking for, you know, again, Chris wasn't in the game, which is part of this, but um, you're looking for Dame. You're looking for someone else. And if nothing's open, you have no timeouts, then you give it to Giannis and you're like, right. okay, you know, we just got the ball in. I'll take it. Like, that's fine. Um, that's where I'm, that's what I'm uh, assuming is, you know, when, when, when we're talking about this, like I'm assuming they do all those things first and then they give it to Giannis. I'm fine with that. Now, if they're, if they're running plays to get Giannis the ball, or if they're, you know, again, if, if that's if in that situation they got it and immediately just threw it to Giannis without even trying to get it to Dame, yes, I'd have a problem with it because I'd that that's dumb to me. But yeah, yes, I agree. Uh, one last thing here before we wrap up about green and growing the Mike Brown thing. I got to tell you what, everybody at that game, including myself and my kid, were super confused by what the hell was going on. All of a sudden, you see Mike Brown jump out in front of the referee throwing his arms out there like he was going to hit the referee or something, screaming and yelling and carrying on when the ball is coming back the other way. I'm like, what the hell happened? Like, what is he all mad about? And then 
you see somebody finally shows the play where campaign hooks um, Fox. And that's what he was screaming and yelling about that, that Fox got screwed on. Um, and obviously he was trying to get kicked out of the game. That's what he was doing. He was trying to get his team some momentum and so forth. And he was trying to prove a point. And let me also say he is the first head coach I've ever seen bring a laptop to a post-game presser and have it loaded in with the plays he wanted to show. Cause obviously they had time to put together whatever they wanted for a video. Cause he was sitting back there for a while. So he comes to the presser and goes, let me show y'all why I got kicked out there. Look at this. And then he replays it. Let me show you any, I'm, that was the most prepared, kicked out coach of a sporting event I've ever seen in my life. He had a point to prove, and he was going to put it on display after that one. I, I, I just, I've never seen, I've seen Mike Brown get upset. Don't get me wrong, but I've never seen him run on the floor to like literally get in a rest face like that with his arms flailing and everything else. And Malik Monk is like on his back, like on top of his back trying to hold him back and you can see him like gritting his teeth it's like come here come over here get away from him uh, and trying to pull him back that was wild I- i've never seen anything like that at a game yeah no it, it was it was funny and i mean i don't i never have a problem with guys you know coaches getting kicked out arguing calls like i know it's part of the game it's part of like you know you're not going to let your let that stuff happen to your team you're gonna and in an early on in games guys complain about calls more because they're trying to get it in the ref's head of like, Hey, you know, uh, that's a call like that. You got to make that, you got to make that and try to get them to call it the next time. Um, so I didn't have a problem with it or anything. The only time, the only thing I got annoyed at with him in that post game was like, he right away goes, you know, Oh, well first half they had 19 free throws and we had six. And it's like that you, I just hate when coaches do that because they're, they're free throws. You're not always supposed to have even free throws. Like just because the free throws weren't even doesn't mean the officiating wasn't even some teams get to the line more than others. Some teams play a style that gets to the line more than others. When you have Giannis and Dame, you're going to get to the line a lot more than a team that just is shooting a lot of threes. Um, So that's the only part I get annoyed by is when coaches seem to assume that like Monty Williams did this a ton last year where he'd always complain about the, the free throw discrepancy. It's like, your team is full of mid-range shooters. Like you guys just take mid-range shots all game. You're not going to get as many free throws as a team that's in the paint and and doing like and and around the rim, um, drawing contact. Like it's it's not. I just hate that people assume that just because the free throws are different means the officiating okay. was bad. It's well, let's annoying. let's okay, but let's go over some facts. Facts are in the NBA, superstars get calls. That's how it goes. I mean, I'm sorry. I've sat here and done a number of Bucks post game shows where they had Michael Red, who was not a superstar. They had Andrew Bogut, who was not a superstar, and they would not get the same calls as Colby and Shaq. It just wasn't happening. So when the Lakers would come in, Bucks fans, oh my God, look at the free throws, da 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 da, screaming, yell, yeah. And I always said, when you get a superstar, if we ever get one, you'll see it'll come back the other way. And you could say Yada still gets screwed on some calls and doesn't get all the calls fine. But when you have him and Lillard, who's going to get there eight to 10 times a game, both on the floor together. Of course, you're going to win the free throw battle nine out of 10 times. And my kid was complaining about the free throw discrepancy too. He's like, look at that. I said, you got a soft team. That's what you got. You got a soft team. I I, I, I watch this team. I mean, you're a fan. So I would say I watch a bunch of Kings basketball in our house because you're always watching them. Y'all are soft. I mean, it's a bonus, great player, whatever. But other than that, you got a bunch of jump shooters on this team that are trying to figure it out. Keegan Murray's not a big, physical, over-aggressive player. He got lost in that game, by the way. I don't know what happened to him. He, 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 he got hurt. Yeah, he he was he was missing in action. Herder probably had the best game he's had in a while for Sacramento because he hasn't been all that great this year uh, to this point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're like you said, that they're kind of a softer team. That's more of a jump-shooting team. They're not as nearly as a physical outside of Sabonis. 
they don't really have any physical players on that team at this point. And the Bucs do have some guys that can get after it. Plus, they got two superstars. So nine out of ten times, they're going to win the free throw battle against most NBA teams. And I didn't even I didn't even think like at least lately, I don't think Dame's gotten that great of a whistle. I feel like there's been plenty of times he could have shot more free throws. I feel like they've kind of screwed him a lot on these um shots where he's going up and they call it on the floor and it's like, well, you know, he was in a shooting motion, but um so I don't like Dame. I mean, I'm not saying Dame gets a, a bad whistle by any means, but I just think, you know, Dame could have shot even more free throws than he did last night. Like, I just, I don't. And the other thing Mike Brown did in his interview was he's like, well, on this one, you know, they called this a foul. And, um, you know, I don't remember if it was Fox or Monk. He's like, he, he barely puts his arm on, on Dame. It's like, well, that's still a foul. Like, just cause he barely put his arm on Dame doesn't mean he didn't put his arm on Dame. Like he touched him that as he's in a shooting motion, like that's a foul. I don't care if it's barely, I don't care if he hit him in the face. Like they're both fouls. Um, so I, I, that type of stuff where I'm just like, it, a foul is a foul, you know, I, to the extent of how much, how hard you fouled him doesn't really matter that much is, you know, it, even if it's just a little bit less obvious, it's still a foul. So I don't know. I, I just, people complain about the refs all the time and there's, there's times where it's legit. There's times where it's like, okay, you got screwed on that one or you were getting a really bad whistle all night, blah, blah, blah. I don't think the Kings got called for a foul, like the whole fourth quarter, like I, until late when they were intentionally fouling. It's like, I, I don't, I mean, I just didn't look at that game and think, Oh, the, the the Bucks are really getting the, the the better whistle tonight. It's like, I don't know. They, I just thought it was a pretty normal officiated game. When we uh, talk about this Bucks team, three next games are Cavaliers, Pistons, Pistons. Am I crazy to think I expect three wins? Am I am I okay doing that as a Bucks fan that I should expect yeah. three wins in the next three games? I, I did tweet Uh-oh. this today. I said I think, and I'm not predicting they do this, but there's a way you could rest. Giannis, Chris, Dame, all a little bit in this little stretch here, and still go three and zero. You could sit sure. Chris on. You could sit Chris on Wednesday, um, and play Cleveland and still potentially beat them. Not an easy game, but I think you could still beat them without Chris, and that would give Chris, you know, after sitting on, um, after sitting yesterday, Sundays. and them not playing until Saturday after Wednesday, that gives him six whole days off. You could sit then Giannis or Dame on Saturday against Detroit. I think you can still beat Detroit with one of those guys sitting and Chris back and Brooke. Um, and that would give that guy four days off and have them playing only one game in seven days. So that gets a nice rest for him. And then you'd sit the other one, either Giannis or Dame that Monday against Detroit. Again, I think you can still beat Detroit, both of those games. And that would give that guy three days off. So there's, if they wanted to, I think they can kind of, you know, sit guys strategically here without sitting two in the same game and without really jeopardizing your chances to win a game um, and give each guy a little bit of rest, a little bit of a mini break here. If they wanted to, I don't know that they'll do it, but if they wanted to, I think the opportunity is there. Uh, one other piece of news here before we get out of here. Giannis starts his own media company, uh, has his own uh, feature movie or whatever coming out. Uh, I love the name of it. Something like uh, The Amazing Journey of Giannis or something like that. I mean, come on. Uh, so but I'm thinking to myself, I saw the press release. I was like, didn't we just do this? Didn't Disney just do a whole movie on you? Weren't you wasn't your family like there and like dictating what all was going on with the film to make sure it was accurate? Now you are going to go relaunch your own. So I don't know. I'm assuming it's going to be much different, obviously, than what the Disney one was. So we'll see how it goes. But props to him for like LeBron getting his hands in a bunch of different projects 
and keeping that money flowing uh, uh, as much as possible. So it's not just all tied up in basketball. So props to Giannis for uh, being motivated enough uh, to go do this. Uh, he is Nathan Marzian. We'll go back and do this again Thursday night. Steve Sparky Fiverr. Follow him at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Enjoy the rest of your day. Don't forget on your Odyssey app, you can download it. You also can download it anywhere else. You download your favorite podcast at Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever the case may be. Uh, and then, of course, on the YouTube Odyssey Sports page as well. We're there, too. Enjoy the rest of your night. Have a good one. Toodles.